So today, I'm, this is the, the third, the final part of our series that we call Family Matters that was born out of something I did right at the start of the year when I asked people, what are the things that are most likely to keep you awake at night? And, and a number of people had issues that were in this category of family issues. And we looked at a couple of different aspects over the last two Sundays. And then what I want to do today is I want to talk about God's promises for our families. God's promises for our families. So this is going to kind of close out <clears throat> this series. Then two weeks from today, I want to start a, a new teaching series, which I'm calling Go To, T-W-O, Go To. And the whole idea of that, you'll, some of you will pick up on that straight away, is Jesus said, if somebody asks you to help them out by going a mile with them, go two. Somebody asks you for one thing, give them two. Go the extra mile. And what I wanna, one of the things we're going to do through the month of August is we are going to focus on and hear some stories from our Grace Care outreaches. I'd love for all of you to get a, a concept of what's happening on a week-to-week, -week, almost day-to-day -day basis through our being able to interact with hundreds of people through our outreaches. And, and we want to, you know, we want to try to uh, really just bring that uh, before you during the course of August, and our theme is going to be Go To. So we're going to start that on Sunday, August the 8th. But next Sunday, August the 1st, we have a special speaker. And one of our members of staff you don't hear from very often because she's very busy doing a fantastic job in other areas, our next-gen director, Faith Argeropoulos, is going to be preaching next Sunday morning, okay? Okay, we took her on as in a part-time role as our children's director three years ago. But what we've seen in those three years is, is, is so much of the gifting that is there within her. And so she's actually going to be preaching for us next Sunday morning. Okay? And then you'll get ice cream. That, that's going to be a good Sunday all around, right? So that's the plan. And then we're going to go on to the series called Go To. <clears throat> I am excited to see what Faith is doing with, uh, with our children's area and also with, with our youth. Um, I know that when I was a teenager, uh, the strength of our youth group in our church was part of what really helped me. And being connected with so many uh, people who are around my age, and we kind of grew in faith together, and we had some terrific um, experiences together as we served God as teenagers. And that was so important. One of the things that... Uh, I recall though was every year around Christmas, we used to have our youth Christmas party. And that was a fun occasion. And one year we were gonna, we were playing some kind of crazy games as part of our Christmas party. And, and, and our youth leader said, I want you to team up with the person you trust most. So I picked a, a guy named Tom, because Tom and I were buddies. We met in about third grade and we were pretty much inseparable right, right the way through. He was, he was my best man when we got married. So Tom and I were real tight. So pick the person you trust most. So I picked Tom. 
And then they said, now one of you is going to be blindfolded. So I opted to be blindfolded for some stupid reason, right? So I said, I'll, I'll, I'll do that. And so they showed me, they laid out this course on the floor, and there were rows, uh, rows of soda bottles. And basically what they said is, now you have got to go from this end of the room to that end of the room, blindfolded, and the friend that you trust is going to guide you verbally to get over all of the obstacles. Okay, I just realized I'm probably driving Corey nuts right now on the video camera. Uh, <clears throat> Corey, I owe you. Uh, so, <clears throat> so, this, so this was me. So Tom's like, okay, it's about three feet in front of you. So I go to take a set. He said, no, shorter, shorter. And, and so I'm teetering there. Is that okay? Yeah, that's okay. That's okay. All right. Okay, he said, now just lift up your left foot. So I lift, the, no, higher, higher. I said, it's a big, oh, yeah, exactly. That's what happened. So, so I'm going right through, right? And I go right the length of this whole room. And some of you will know what happens with this deal. I get to the end of the room. Everybody says, great job, Raj. Take off the blindfold. And there were no balls there. <laughs> They'd taken them all away just before I started. I got to see them in place, but they'd taken them all away, and I'd made a fool of myself, which I was very good at, in front, in front of all of my friends in youth group. Yeah, pick the person you trust most. Yeah, right. You know what? There are two ways you can approach life. We either live trusting God, or we live terrified by our circumstances. The Bible puts it this way, we walk by faith, not by sight. And you can't really do both. We either live trusting what God has said, or we falteringly find our way through every obstacle in life, absolutely fraught with anxiety as we do it. And what I want to do this Sunday morning is I want to remind you of three promises that God makes to families. There were such a wide range of things that folks shared a few months ago that they were concerned about with their families. But these three promises will cover every one of those situations. So the first thing I want to just focus on this morning is this. I want to look at God's promises for your household. God's promises for the whole of your household. I was reading about a story in England a lot of years ago, 1854. In London in 1854, in the, in the area of London called Soho, which is the real Soho as opposed to south of Houston. So, so in Soho, London, there was an outbreak of cholera. And, and during that time, there were thousands of people were impacted. Over 600 people in a very small area of the city of London died. There was a young Baptist pastor by the name of Charles Haddon Spurgeon. He had just begun his ministry. And he found himself being called to pray with victims of cholera all over that area. He was called to go to help and encourage those who were dying. And he conducted a lot of funerals. 
And there came a point where this 20-year-old pastor was exhausted, discouraged, and downright scared that he was going to get it and die too. And here's what he wrote in his journal. My burden was heavier than I could bear. I was ready to sink under it. And then he tells the story about walking home feeling very downhearted from a funeral service one night. And as he was walking home, he passed a, a um, we call them cobblers. Are they cobblers here or shoemakers or? Shoemaker, all right, you, good? you know what I mean, right? When, you remember the old days when you used to get your shoes repaired? Some of you remember that, right? Okay. Yeah, these guys were all over the place. So he passed this shoemaker's and, and his, his eye caught something that had been stuck into the window, a piece of paper. And he stopped and he looked at the piece of paper and here's what he read. Because thou hast made the Lord, which is my refuge, even the most high thy habitation, there shall no evil befall thee, neither shall any plague come nigh thy dwelling. The words of Psalm 91, verses 9 and 10. And Spurgeon says he read those words, and here's what he said. The effect on my heart was immediate. I felt secure, refreshed, clothed with immortality. I went on with my visitation of the dying in a calm and peaceful spirit. I felt no fear of evil, and I suffered no harm. God's promise made the difference, faith or fear, our choice. Let me, let me read you Psalm 91 verse 9 from a more modern translation. The New Living Translation of the Bible puts it this way. If you make the Lord your refuge, if you make the Most High your shelter, no evil will conquer you, no plague will come near your home. If you make the Most High your, your shelter, no evil will conquer you, no plague will come near your home. When you're feeling as if like there's no place to run to, there's nowhere to go, where is your place of safety? What is your place of safety? Where can you go that you feel secure? And, and, and the Bible's answer is this, if you will trust in God, then you will find your safety is in God, your security is in God, and you will find peace in trusting God. Psalm 121 puts it like this in verse two. My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. You've got to put that whole verse together to really get the good of it. Not, it's not just my help comes from the Lord. That's good. But then we remind ourselves of who the Lord is. My help comes from the Lord, who is the maker of heaven and earth. So everything that there is, everything around me, God made, God created, God is the author, and that God is my helper, the maker of heaven and earth. Psalm 46 and verse 1 reminds us, God is our refuge and strength and an ever-present help in trouble. 
God's promise to us is if we will make Him our security, if we will continue to trust in us, then it, to take the words that are there, He says, no plague's going to come to you. Nothing's going to hurt you. Nothing's going to harm you. Proverbs 12, verse 21 makes this statement. It says, no evil can overwhelm a good person, but the wicked have their hands full of it. No evil can overcome a good person, but the wicked have their hands full of it. Now, let me just address this for a second, because I guarantee there's at least one person here who's probably saying, I guess I'm just not good enough. I'm not a good person because there's a lot of stuff going on right now in my life. So I guess the thing is I'm not good enough. Okay, can I just remind you all of this? None of us is good enough. Okay, that's good. Three of you got that. I heard you say amen. Everybody else said it internally, I hope, right? Right, none of us is good enough. Right, none of us is good enough. Our standing in God is not because we're good enough. It's because God loves us. You know, that's what it all comes down to. It isn't that I've got it all put together. It isn't that I've got all my ducks in a row. It's not, nothing to do with that at all. It's, it's, it's just simply the fact that I recognize God loves me, God cares for me, Christ died for me, and because of that, I'm part of the family of God. That's what it's all about. So there's nobody here good enough. So whatever you do, don't sit there thinking, well, I guess I'm not good enough because my life's rough right now. No, 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 no. Stick with me because I'm going to talk to you about your rough life in a few minutes. But God's promise is that no evil can overwhelm a good person. Nothing. Not because we're perfect. Not because we've reached a particular standard. But because we do trust God as our refuge. Our faith has taught us to hide in His strength. No evil can happen to us. Now, there's probably some of you there sitting here this morning and saying, well, that one didn't work for me or isn't working for me because you don't know what's going on in my life right now. I don't know what's going on in all your lives right now, but we've got a choice here. We either believe what God says or we go by how it seems to us right now. And how it seems to us right now is limited because our understanding is limited. Our knowledge is limited. All I can do is see here and now, and then I think towards the future and imagine where it could lead. God never imagines where things will lead. He knows where things will lead. And so He gives us His promises. So I'd rather go with the promises of the one who knows where things are headed than live with my own fearful creations of a future that probably won't happen anyway. So in the light of that, so the Bible says if we make God our refuge, then, then, then 
No evil will happen to us. And you know what? I totally believe that, and I believe that this way. Because things that in the moment, things that at the time are things that are not good, are not healthy, are not helpful, are, 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 are cause us concern, cause us heartache. The reality is this. That's how they are in the moment. But God will turn everything around so that permanent evil can never harm us. I didn't say life won't get rough at times, but what I'm saying is this. It's not... Bad things never end up as bad things because God works everything out for our good. So even through times of loss, ultimately, we can be enriched. Even in times of sickness, there are things that can be strengthening to us as people. And thank God, even death is our gain. One of the, ser- one of the topics we looked at in this series, we took a few weeks talking about death, and uh, I entitled it, Death Doesn't Win. And I, I actually uh, bought a T-shirt that says that, and I, I'm wearing it as much as I can. You know how many people read your T-shirts? No, nor do I, but it's a lot, right? It's a lot. And, and, and I love walking around with this statement, you know, here, death doesn't win, death doesn't win, death doesn't win. And thank God it doesn't. It doesn't. There is nothing that can come our way. There is nothing that life can throw at us. There is nothing that the devil can put in our direction that is going to cause us permanent harm because God's promise is this. No evil is going to find its home with you. Right? And I want to encourage you here this Sunday morning. If you're in the middle of stuff right now that that is causing you grief and concern and anxiety, I just want to remind you, you you know, keep focused on God's promises for your household. And God's promise for your household is that because you trust Him, no evil will come near to your family. God will work it out. God will protect us from trouble or God will protect us through trouble, but God will protect us. In the book of Job, chapter 5, it says this, from one disaster after another, he delivers you. No matter what the calamity, no evil can touch you. In famine, he'll keep you from starving. In war, from being gutted by the sword. God will keep us through it. God's promise for your household, no evil, no evil can come to your dwelling. Okay, the second thing I want to put out to you this morning is this. The Bible is full of God's promises for your children. So many said that one of the things that did cause them concern was their children. And kids do that to you, don't they? Right? I mean, let's face it, from the moment they come into the world, they're keeping you awake at night. Right? And they can be 20-odd years old or 30-odd years old or 40-odd years old, and there's still times when they're going to keep you awake at night, right? Absolutely. So if I'm out someplace and they, you know, one of them says, Dad, you shouldn't do that. That's embarrassing. I've earned the right to embarrass you. My Lord, I can embarrass you for the rest of my life. I earned it. 
Now, I'm going to share a promise that God's Word gives us for your children that, that most of you will be very familiar with. But if we're not careful, you know the phrase familiarity breeds contempt? It's like we hear it again. Yeah, I know that one. I hope you hear this one this morning in here. Proverbs 22, 6. Point your kids in the right direction. When they're old, they won't be lost. Okay, I just want you to take the last four words of that verse and take a look at them. God's promise for your children is they won't be lost. That's the bottom line. That's the end of the story. You and I don't know and have limited control over what comes in between. But the promise is they won't be lost. Now, you can either live believing what God says, or you live a prisoner of your fears and thoughts about where things might be headed. I was doing some background reading on Proverbs 22 and verse 6, and I, I read one, one respected preacher from back in history who was, uh, who was writing about this, and here's what he said. He said, of course, this is a proverb of Solomon. It's not a promise of God. Now, I've got a problem with that. You know why I've got a problem with that? Because in the New Testament, it tells us that all Scripture comes by inspiration of God. What it, says is, 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 what it says is that holy men of God, that's the phrase, holy men of God spoke as they were moved by the Holy Spirit. Now, if you take an approach to the Bible that says those were Solomon's good ideas, then maybe you pull the book of Proverbs out of your Bible. Oh, take Ecclesiastes too, because that was his, right? So maybe, but then where do you end? Do you go to the New Testament and say, well, that was just Paul writing letters to churches? That's not God's saying. So here's my simplistic approach, and it's been it for quite a while now. This is God's Word, right? Cover to cover. Cover to cover. This is God's Word. Can I explain it all? No. Do I find it all interesting? No. You never heard a pastor say that before, right? <laughs> now, if you take me through some of these lists, and here are the names of David's mighty men, right? And there's, there, there's 13 chapters of names I can't pronounce. No, I don't find that interesting. But here's the thing. I'm going to trust what God says. And when the Bible says, point your kids in the right direction, when they're old, they won't be lost, I'll take that. I'll take that. I'll go with it. It's not just a suggestion from Solomon. This becomes the Word of God. Although, that's what you make it. At the moment, that is words on a screen right? 
That's what it is. It's just words on a screen at the moment. But, but what we need to do is take the words on the screen into our lives and say, yeah, yeah, I've got that. I'm going with that. God says they won't be lost. God says they won't be lost. And, and I'm, I'm, I'm reiterating that particular phrase because never mind remembering the whole of the verse. But if you need to do it later today or next week, next month, or next year, just remember those four words. They won't be lost. They won't be lost. They won't be lost. That's God's promise. That's God's word. Hebrews 4 and and verse 2 talks about the Israelites who died in the wilderness on their journey to Canaan. And, And here's what it says. We received the same promises as those people in the wilderness, but the promise didn't do them a bit of good because they didn't receive the promises with faith. They had the same promises, but they didn't take hold of them. And my encouragement to you today is take a hold of God's promises to you. Take a hold of them. Receive God's promises. Receive them with faith. You know what faith does? Faith looks at what's happening, and faith looks at God's promises. And if what's happening does not line up with God's promises, we go with God's promises. Because this is where it's headed. This is what's got to happen. If God said it's going to happen, it's got to happen. Are you with me there? Right? And to, to constantly pull ourselves back to that, back from what we see to what God said, what seems to be happening to what God has promised, how we think things are going to turn out to how God says they're going to be. So much in the Bible that encourages us when it comes to to our children. Deuteronomy 6 and verse 6 says this, write these commandments I've given you today on your hearts and get them inside of you and then get them inside your children. Talk about them wherever you are, sitting at home, walking in the street. Talk about them from the time you get up in the morning to when you fall into bed at night. Get these promises into your children. But the bottom line is, you can only do so much and you can only do it for so long. Then you've got to step back. Stay prayerful and trust God. Get them inside your children. If uh, some of you might have, might have, been with me when I was doing my evening Bible reading. If you're not aware, I do a Bible reading online every night at nine o'clock on our Genesis Church Facebook page. I do it on my personal Facebook page at 9.05 for the sake of those who aren't connected to our Genesis page. But I read the Bible every night, and I'm reading through the book of Psalms. And I mentioned last night Psalm 117 um, was, was our children's favorite psalm growing up. Uh, That was because in the morning we would, um, after breakfast, we would read the Bible together as a family and pray before they left for school. And then when they were going to bed at night, we would read the Bible together again. Uh, But at at night, occasionally, we'd say to them, what would you like to read? And whenever we asked them, what would you like to read? They replied, Psalm 117. 
Uh, it's not because they knew the Bible that well that they loved its verses. They knew this one thing. Psalm 117 is the shortest psalm in the Bible. Yeah, it wasn't my children were that holy, believe me, okay? They were regular kids. So they opted for the shortest psalm that was in the book. But you know what we were doing? We, from an early age, we were endeavoring to get the Word of God into them. Some of you heard me say before, from the moment Charlotte was our firstborn, from the moment she came home from the hospital, I read the Bible over her every night before we put her down. And you may say, well, what's the point of that? She couldn't understand. I don't know what babies can take in. I also believe there is a spiritual, a special aspect to this book. So reading God's Word over a baby even, I believe, is reading life in their direction. And the Bible says we need to get God's Word inside of us and our children. Now, let me say this to you as parents. I'm going to state the obvious, but that's what I do most weeks. I'm not that clever, really. All right? Here's, what we, here's where I'm going. Sometimes the fruit in your children's life is immediate and lasting, but many times it's not. Many times it's not. There's a, a book, this is Solomon again, folks, but I believe it's God's Word through Solomon. There's a verse in Ecclesiastes that says this, cast your bread upon the waters, you will find it after many days. So he says, if you do something, it'll come back to you in time. And I want to encourage you parents this morning who are in a position where you, you, you felt as if you did your best to, to teach your children good values, godly values, and it seems as if they're not going down that road at all at this point in time. I just want to encourage you. God says, number one, they will not be lost. Number two, you, you'll see the fruit. The Bible says it might take a long time coming. I'm going to tell you something else that you might not want to hear. It might not come in your lifetime, but it will come. It will come. God promised Abraham that his descendants would live in a land of their own. But you know what? Abraham died without seeing that happen. His son Isaac died without seeing that happen. His grandson Jacob died without seeing that happen. But because God is faithful to His promises, there came the time when the people of God came into the land of God's choice for them. And God's promises were fulfilled. You and I might not live to see the promises fulfilled, but we still believe that they will be. They will not be lost. God's promises for our children. Hey, it's... Um, I better hurry here. Let me just take a couple of minutes to talk about God's promises for the future. Because a number of folks uh, said that they were concerned particularly about family members uh, and the future. I remember when I, was, when I was young. I don't know how young I was. I was probably early teens. So as I've mentioned before, and some of you know, there were five of us siblings. And... Uh, my sister, Eva, had Down syndrome, and she had a number of physical challenges too. But I can remember as a young teenager probably laying in bed 
thinking about what happens to Eva, that's, that was her name, what happens to Eva in the future? Because eventually, mom and dad won't be here, and what happens to her? So I made up my mind in my early teens, so I'll take care of her. And if I find somebody who wants to marry me, then part of the terms will be that Eva comes to live with us when she needs to. At 13 years of age, it was like, what's going to happen to her in the future? Now, things took a different turn, and life took a different turn. But we've all got different kinds of situations, probably, where we think about, so what about the future? What happens ahead? I don't know what happens ahead, but I know somebody who is already up there, the eternal God. He's already ahead. In fact, here's what God's promise is. This is God's promise for our future. Psalm 73 verse 26 says this, my flesh and my heart may fail, but God is the strength of my life and my portion forever. It's like this is getting older, but God is still the strength of my life, and God will be my portion. In other words, God will supply my need. God will make sure that I've got everything that is necessary. God will take good care of me. How long? Forever. Forever. And if you're thinking forward to your future, and if you're wondering how things are going to turn out, how am I going to manage when I get older? How's this going to you know, who's going to take care of this? Who's going to do that? All I'm going to tell you is the God who has provided for you this far is the God who will provide for you then. My flesh and my heart may fail, but God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. And, and I love the ruthless way that the, the message paraphrases that. When my skin sags and my, and my bones get brittle, God is rock firm and solid. All right, let's pass over sagging skin and focus on God is rock firm and solid. God is rock firm and solid. Tomorrow's solutions don't arrive today, but God's promises about tomorrow are ours right now. God is rock firm and faithful. God is rock firm and faithful. Now, some of you, sadly, will just, you'll just, you'll remember we talked about saggy skin in church, but I want you really to remember God is rock firm. Rock firm. Rock firm. God's promise for your household, no plague's going to come to where you live. God's promise for your children, they will not be lost. And God's promise for your future, rock firm and solid. What a wonderful position to be in, living, trusting God. What a wonderful way to approach life, being able to rely on Him, walking by faith and not by sight, not passing judgments based on what we see, 
but passing judgment based on what God has said. And he is rock firm and solid. Let's pray together.